Hello, everyone, and welcome back to How Do You See Your Glass, the podcast, and also the launch of our Empower Garifuna Woman Collective project. I've been working on this project since February. It was an idea that came to me in which I really wanted to highlight the contributions and the accomplishments of Garifuna women. As a Garifuna woman myself, I know what it's like to really navigate the world um, as an indigenous and also as a Latinx woman. And I really just wanted to use this space to really highlight the amazing work that these women are doing. And so I hope that you enjoy and please, please be on the lookout for our next um, Empower Garifuna Women Collective in november and i hope that you guys do sign up and so please enjoy and again for those of you who don't know me my name is allison and if you are a first-time listener welcome i hope you enjoy the concept that i do have and if you haven't already please follow us at how do you see your glass the podcast on instagram that is hdy.syg podcast again that is hdy that syg podcast i hope you enjoy hello everyone and welcome back to how do you see your glass the podcast and so today we have jasmine who i will allow to let her introduce herself and so thank you for joining jasmine and tell us a little bit about yourself oh thank you for having me allison uh so my name is jasmine Rochez. um I'm obviously a Garifuna woman who grew up in the United States, uh, specifically in Brooklyn. Um, So yeah, I guess we could just go right into it. Yeah. So what part of, oh, you did say Honduras, never mind. Um, But do you know what village um, in Honduras your family's from? Yeah, they're from San Juan. Both of my parents are from there. Yeah. Okay. And so... Um, you mentioned that you grew up in Brooklyn, and so mm-hmm. can you tell us just a little bit of where did you attend high school, college, if you're still enrolled in college, and if not, what was your area of study? Okay, so I went to high school in Teachers Prep, which is in Brownsville. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't really know about that school, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a small school, and then I ended up going to college first at SUNY Oswego. Um, for my first two years of college and then okay. I transferred out of there and I went to um, Binghamton University and I ended up studying English with a concentration in creative writing and I did study some film classes mm. but I didn't like end up pursuing it in the end so oh wow that's so cool okay yeah that's so cool okay and so for us to kind of jump right into it um <laughs> so um my next question for you is really just have you always been surrounded by the Garifuna culture or was that an identity you questioned as a child and later decided to explore if you did decide to do so um well growing up yeah for sure I was surrounded by the Garifuna culture um I always went to well every now and then I would go to my aunt's church um in the Bronx and then eventually she started going to church in Brooklyn. But yeah, I did go to church. So I was surrounded by that kind of people, but I wasn't really surrounded by them that much in terms of like friendships. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously I had like Garifuna acquaintances that I would see um, within my neighborhood. Um, yeah. I'm from East New York. So there are like plenty of Garifuna people here. 
And, you know, when I would go to parties with my dad or with my mom growing up, we went to Garifuna parties, but I just didn't have like close ties only to my family, basically from my mom's side. So yeah, I would say it was a mix of having some Garifuna connections um, and experiencing the culture, but then also like not feeling fully immersed in the culture. Okay, yeah. I mean, I okay, so you mentioned that part of the reason you didn't feel immersed in the culture is because of just like the lack of social circle, right? Yes. Um, in the Garifuna community. So do you feel like if you may have had more friends and in that social aspect, do you feel like you would have been more immersed or it would have just changed um just the way that you view the culture in general? I definitely think I would have felt more immersed in it. Because while I did go to certain Garifuna events, I didn't go to, like, a lot of them. Like, um, I remember, like, I don't know if this is, like, a beauty pageant, but I remember hearing about those growing up um, that was hosted by Garifuna people, but I never went to those. Like, Miss (laughs) Miss Garifuna, yeah. Miss Garifuna, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, like, I just felt like part of it was just like having parents who wanted you to fit into the American culture as much as um, they could possibly make you fit into it but then it was also like part of it was just not being surrounded by enough like Garifuna peers if that makes sense like I I did not have Garifuna classmates at all so (laughs) yeah oh wow that's really interesting and you didn't meet any Garifuna people in college either um, I only ended up meeting them like during my senior year and I I just didn't pursue any friendships and it was only like two of them it was one guy one girl um, yeah because part of it was like personal issues social anxiety so yeah, um, yeah I feel that especially oh, <laughs> anxiety oh my god I have yeah. that all day <laughs> um, yeah wow that's really really interesting that and this is like probably like the first one of the first um podcast interviews that I'm having like with someone that's very much like I'm happy I'm ready for now but it's not like kind of a something that I want to push forward um yeah. and that, that's honestly is honestly understandable because like you said like you weren't I mean obviously it wasn't really forced on you like yes you you know mm-hmm. what it is you know who you are but it's not something that you felt like you know you had to be immersed into and so that's that's actually really interesting um and so in your household like did you grow up speaking more English Spanish or Garifuna or was it just like more mainly one language um it was mostly English and my parents like they would speak to us mostly in English like my dad he doesn't even have the best English but he forced himself to like speak to us in English and then he would mix it up with um a little bit of Spanish but like it would just be more so like if he's telling us to do a task or a chore then he would Mm. speak to us in Spanish but everything else from you know asking us how we're doing and Mm -hmm. what we have to do for the day it would just mostly be in English um and then Garifna my parents were only speaking to their relatives or their friends or to each other in Garifuna and Spanish. Yeah, Spanish, it was a little bit here in my household, but English was like the main language. So, wow. That's yeah. So interesting. Oh my God. Yeah, so 
I don't know a lick of Spanish now. <laughs> I, I I think I only know Good Morning. That's it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't really know Garifuna either. So, I mean, but like, okay. it's funny because I grew up speaking Spanish. Like, that was my first language. So, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. It was really mm-hmm. interesting. I grew up speaking Spanish, and like, you know, I went to school down the block from you, like elementary school, because I went to PS one ninety. So oh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. So oh. like, I was in ESL for like two years. So I still mm-hmm. mispronounce some words, but <laughs> <laughs> so so you know how to speak Spanish. Yeah, yeah, for oh, sure. Wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh well. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. no garifuna. Nah, I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to. I feel like it's kind of too late for that. But uh, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna I see. feel like yeah. I mean, it just it's better to learn a language when you're younger. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have a better grasp at it. But yeah. and so kind of talking about like the identity aspect right um would you and I ask everyone this right do would you identify well how do you identify yourself right do you identify as Garifuna or Afro-Latinx or both or not Um, both (laughs) okay so if I'm okay when I'm like with myself my family I definitely identify as Garifuna American Mm -hmm. and I also identify as a black Latina. Um, mm. but when I like when it's when it's time to like identify myself with the outside world, I just like tell them I I mean I it's already known that I'm black. So I just tell them that I'm um a black Latina or I tell them where my parents are from, which is Honduras. So mm. it's kind of like I don't know, I, I just usually don't really tell people where I'm from. Um, but it's Why? only if they ask because like <laughs> what's the point then they're gonna ask me the follow-up question oh do you speak spanish i'm gonna say no oh do you go to honduras a lot i'm gonna say no and then it's mm. just it's just so annoying you know okay having to, so you feel like the follow-up questions are like yes okay. <laughs> so okay. yeah i mean well, I, I mean why but <laughs> yeah no no that's definitely understandable i mean i feel like just because like obviously you don't vacation to honduras a lot or mm-hmm. you don't you know you're not well immersed in just like spanish or garifuna like it doesn't make you any less garifuna like you know what i mean like that is just, it's not your fault that you don't know these languages it's really not your fault like you know and i think a lot of that really just comes from the fact that our parents come here and mm-hmm. they have to survive so they only speak the survival languages which is usually spanish and english and for mm-hmm. the most part english for us because they know that if we know english then we're able to navigate the world a little bit better um, yeah i know and yeah, yeah I, I get that like you know because i used to i used to blame my mom all the time i used to be mm-hmm. like why you didn't teach me spanish and then she she had to explain to me like listen we moved to brooklyn when mm-hmm. you were only two and I just wanted you to like be able to communicate with everyone around you like your babysitters yeah. your teachers and so I understand better now but you know I don't know it's just complicated <laughs> yeah so. no no I, f- I feel that wow that's so interesting mm-hmm. yeah is- well to kind of shift gears a little bit um mm-hmm. and you kind of touched on this um, earlier when you talked about just like your college experience um, but I really want to know like what was that like like I guess like being Garifuna but like not really identifying as Garifuna like what was that journey like for you? Um, 
I would definitely say it was college was an interesting part of my life because mm-hmm. the first two well yeah the first two years was when I met like Africans specifically okay. West Africans like Nigerians and mm-hmm. um, Ghanaians for like the first well okay fine it's not like I never met Africans before but I didn't go to school with them and okay. they yeah. they were not my neighbors at all so this was like the first time that I was actually like socializing with them uh-huh. and it was just interesting seeing how similar their cultures were to my culture uh-huh. you know like seeing the type of food that they eat and the music that they play I was like oh wow this sounds quite similar to Garifuna um, music Uh and food so it was definitely an open it was it it definitely opened up my eyes seeing like that you know Garifuna people actually do come from Africa like I mean I always knew that since I was like 14 but Uh just to actually see it in front of my face that like some of these people like yeah these West African people like they probably you know their ancestors probably ended up somehow going to Honduras and after a long journey it was really interesting um in terms of my college experience though I'd met people and I ended up joining a local sorority called Alpha Sigma Chi in Oswego um and you know but I was always feeling lonely despite like having meet people and having a few friends because I was just like, I just had a lot of personal issues. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I was dealing with uh, social anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, um, and also culture shock because okay. I was surrounded by a lot of white people and I was not used to that at all because I did mm-hmm. not grow up in a neighborhood or go to school with white people at all. So un- unless they were the teachers, of course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but in terms of the social aspects, I definitely wish that I had socialized more and just met even more people and tried to like actually um, create deeper and more meaningful relationships with people um, mm-hmm. instead of just like meeting them for the first time and then never speaking to them again. <laughs> so um, yeah, so as a Garifuna woman, it was just it was definitely. It felt a little bit lonely because, you know, there weren't a lot of Garifunas around me or at all in Oswego. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like I didn't really have anyone to relate Mm -hmm. to. And so I always had to try to relate to, like, the non-Black Latinas or Mm -hmm. just the Black girls who aren't Latinas. You know what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. there wasn't really, like, Afro-Latinas that I knew of. So... It was just having to force yourself into a different identity, if that makes sense. Yeah. So in Oswego, there isn't like a student organization specifically for Black students there? There were. There were plenty of those, but I would go to the meetings. I would go to the Black Student Union meetings. Um, I went to ASO, African Student Association. Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. Well, whatever um and and I went there but I would go for like one or two meetings and then I wouldn't speak to anyone I would just sit right there in a in a table and then watch them talk I wouldn't like participate um and people wouldn't really come up to me uh, maybe because I gave off that 
kind of energy that I didn't want to be spoken to, even though I did want to. So yeah, that's that's what I say that like social anxiety played a huge role oh, yeah. in my college experience because I was just having such a hard time making friends and keeping friends. So mm-hmm. yeah, no. I did go. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I feel that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can imagine just how difficult that could be. Um yeah. yeah, because like I have social anxiety, but kind of on a different type, a different type of social anxiety mm. because I can be social. Like when people yes. see me, they're like, oh, Allison, like you're mixy. But <laughs> yes, I can be social when I'm put into that setting. But mm. again, there's different types of anxiety, right? Because there's anxiety mm-hmm. where when you do get into that setting, you kind of freeze. And then there is that when you do get there, you you do flourish. But then that is that aspect of when you get behind closed doors, nobody knows what you're going through. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nobody knows how you're navigating the world. And like you said, like, you didn't really go to school with Garifuna people. So you weren't really able to connect with people your age and how y'all mm-hmm. see the world in terms of navigating that life together. And so I definitely, definitely can understand like just where you're coming from in terms of that but is there anything that you feel now that you want to do now to kind of overcome that social anxiety to be able because I mean I'm I'm sure you probably feel like I'm older now it's, it's too late but it's not <laughs> yeah it's not. I mean I know I'm I'm 23 so it's not yeah. like I'm 60 years old but still um definitely like I recently started going to therapy and I've been going uh, consistently for, for yes, thank you, for <laughs> over a month. Um, because before I wasn't really, I wasn't going to therapy. I would try to, but then I would just end up stopping. So I'm going right now. And so hopefully that can help me like yeah. with my internal issues, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I know that I say I have social anxiety, but maybe it's deeper than that. And so hopefully that can help. Um, And I also have been making plans to try to like make more and new friends. Um, But it's kind of hard doing that like online because people are kind of flaky. (laughs) So I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do because, you know, Mm -hmm. there's not really a a lot of events outside. Yeah, that's true. Well, you never know. This yeah. summer outside might be open. <laughs> I hope so. I'm so tired of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I've been trying to do to like overcome my social yeah. anxiety. Um, so yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens. Wow. Yeah, no, and thank you for sharing that because I think that that's really important. Um mm-hmm. especially as just young adults, right? Like we're in a space now where we're always being told like we have to figure it out we have to know what we want to do we have to know this we have to know that and it's like we just we're always trying to figure out what is it that we need to do to be successful but we never figure out exactly who we are as people and sometimes people don't take into account the toll that that can have um and I'm really appreciative of that because this is probably the first also the first episode um that someone was just open about their mental health, right? And even mental mm-hmm. health in the Garifuna community, like you said, like you have social anxiety, you just started going to therapy. So it's like, you know, what is it that, you know, you, did, you didn't feel like you could talk about this before, you know? And like you said, it could be something deeply rooted in that. Um, yeah. Especially for me, because I know in the Garifuna household, you cannot talk about your mental health because they're going to be like, you're yes. <laughs> That's right. Oh that my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
they like they're gonna think you physically ill like they're gonna drag it like (laughs) i know yeah and they just i guess they just have a hard time with the idea like oh because you're more privileged than i was growing up Mm. then you shouldn't be depressed or something like i'm like okay i'm sorry i didn't grow up in the 80s in honduras but like (laughs) like i still have issues you know like it's not like i don't so yeah no for sure like and that's the thing, right? Because a lot of them feel like I came to America to give you a better life. So you mm-hmm. should be happy. But it's also yeah, like exactly. you don't understand what the, the life that we're also navigating now, because it's like, yes, you did come to America to give me a better life. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm learning all these tools by myself. Like, you know, exactly. Yes, so. I, I totally agree with you. Like, you know, learning how to even apply for applications for mm-hmm. not only just not only just you know colleges, but jobs and yeah. you know having to write a resume. You, yeah. Yes, you could get some help, but you know it's not like having it. There's nothing like having an actual parent who could help you with certain things. But we, you know, some of us just don't have that, so we yeah. just have to figure it out on our own. So, yeah. and you're a first gen generation college student, right? yeah I am yeah mm, yeah I know that real girl mm. <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah it's definitely different but yeah honestly I know that you know for my for the future generations they'll have it a little bit easier mm-hmm. because of me and my sisters so yeah yeah I'm happy about that yeah yeah I definitely agree with that as well um because like yeah as first generation I could go on and on about this, but for the interest of time, I'm not. <laughs> but <laughs> as first generation, like, yeah, like you said, it, it is lonely because it's like you it's just like you don't have time to think about yourself because you're the first. You're just thinking mm-hmm. about I have to get this done for everybody else. But one thing for I real. will tell you is that you have time now. You got your degree, you graduated. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, definitely take this time to explore. Like travel if you can um it doesn't have to be internationally but it can be within the states it can be just you taking a train ride to Matt and then walking around like you know like mm-hmm. do things for you because I think that in the Garifuna household sometimes we're conditioned to always give so much of ourselves for to make yes. everybody else happy yeah mm-hmm. and that that's that's just not how life should be because now once we become adults right fully functioning mm-hmm. adults we don't know how to do for ourselves because if we're not doing for other people we think that that's inherently tied to our self-worth and yeah pretty much no, I yeah. told yes I I definitely did grow up with like you know parents and relatives expecting me to like mm-hmm. do for you know my siblings and do yeah. for you know other relatives but yeah I agree with you I I definitely do plan on traveling more hopefully this summer um you know if it's safer I want to mm-hmm. travel um to the west side for the first time I never traveled to the west of the United States so okay. I'd love to go there so yeah yeah no I think you should I went to um Vegas in September. Nice. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I had so much yes. fun. Yeah, and that's where I'm, I'm trying going, to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Cali in April. Yeah, April. I'm going to Cali next month. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, so you're going to LA or where? Yeah, I'm going to LA. Nice. I'm excited, yeah. I'm excited um, for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so, by the yeah. podcast drops, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, I hope you have fun. Um, 
but yeah I I agree with you we should definitely try to travel more and Mm -hmm. just explore more before we end up settling down you know yeah uh yeah so yeah and like even um I I don't know if you have already but just like also practicing like meditation um Mm -hmm. or something as small as like because I know some people are not just they're not usually in that mind space to be committed to meditating because it's a commitment and so mm-hmm. I would say really start off small like um the way I started my freshman year of college or my sophomore year of college um when I was also going through a lot of like mental health issues which probably mm-hmm. didn't end till like I mean it still didn't end but to, which probably didn't get better <laughs> until like recently right um yeah. but I started small and I started like going to bed and like listening to ocean sounds like I would just turn on my my apple music and I'll just put in ocean sounds rain sounds and I'll start to fall asleep to those types of melodies and I think that it really put me in a calm space or even when you do start to feel that social anxiety right like take mm-hmm. a deep breath where you are like just just breathe like just breathe through it because sometimes breathing through it kind of helps because when you start to get anxiety which I, I definitely understand how you feel because I've been in social settings where I've also had anxiety and your whole body gets tense so you're already in yeah. fight or flight mode like you know what I mean mm-hmm. so like you have to breathe through that because if you don't you're going to just space out you know what I mean so no, I totally understand. Yeah. Um, so I'll definitely try that technique to try to yeah. breathe more. In terms of med- meditation, um, I've tried it a few times, but I'm never consistent with it. So yeah, yeah that's that's the biggest that's problem, me. not being consistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, but definitely um, the ocean sounds one, that actually sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think I could try that. Um, yeah. Hopefully my AirPods don't fall off, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I literally just turn it on at night. Every night, I just put on ocean sounds. And mm-hmm. it makes, I go to sleep just like this. Like, before, I, I, I could never go to sleep. Like, I would just be, it was just used to be hard. My insomnia used to be horrible. But, like, after I started to play rain sounds right before I went to bed, I would fall asleep. So much. I don't even know when I fall asleep, honestly, once I put it on. So yeah. it's been very, so very it helpful. Helps a lot. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I'll probably turn. What happened? Journaling? Yeah. Okay. Journaling. Yeah. You see, I used to be a big journaler and then life just, you yeah. know, you, you just end up changing. So yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe I should go back to it. Though. Yeah. But and yeah. that's really where the happy, like, one thing I can honestly say is a lot of the times, a lot of our un- our unfulfillment, right? It comes mm-hmm. from a place where we stop doing the things that we that made us happy as children or as teenagers. Wow. And oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I started to once I started journaling again. Um, I always recommend everybody who is going through this. Mm-hmm. coming Michelle Obama's becoming the guided journal. I definitely recommend to buy that. Only because, again, like you said, like this is something you used to do when you were younger. But sometimes when we go back to it, it's kind of like, where do we start? Right. And so I say the guided journal. And so that guided journal, it it just gives you a prompt and you write based on the prompt. And then once you do that, you then you can can transition over to free writing in in your journal. Um, Or if you do want to just do free write and not do the guided journal, 
um i would say just write whatever comes to your mind like sometimes we'd be trying to make it so scripted like just write whatever comes to your mind yeah instead of trying to be yeah yeah trying to be meticulous and everything (laughs) yeah like and definitely (laughs) do that and like while you're journaling or writing i always say to um you can listen to nature sounds if you want to but i will also say try listening to like healing tibetan sounds as well um because that also um helps with just like the body um the soul and the mind and so um definitely doing that and i don't know if you were a big reader i know i was a big reader when i was younger um i was too when i was younger (laughs) i recently started reading um Mm -hmm. again but this time I've been more intentional about my reading so I decided to start going back into like um reading just like black feminist literature or just Mm -hmm. reading books by black women period like and that has been so helpful just to my like grounding who I am as a black woman Mm -hmm. again like we live in a world where black women are not protected and it's scary yeah for sure so scary like and so through reading that like reading black woman literature coupled with just like you know um writing when I can in my Mm -hmm. Michelle Obama journal by another black woman like it's just my way of just empowering myself and like reclaiming that back because like you Mm -hmm. said like we get lost and yeah we do for sure yeah I definitely feel like um yeah once I turned like 18 and a half like that's when I felt a little bit lost because there was just less structure in my life so I really do want to add back, you know, structure. structure. Yeah. And yeah, just a just a sense of fulfillment, like you mm-hmm. said, you know. Um, so I will I will definitely go back to journaling. I have a journal like right okay. here. I just haven't <laughs> touched it. Yeah. In a while. Yeah. yeah. And even so. like you said you want like some sort of organization. Um mm-hmm. I never I mean, I was always like a organ organized chaos type of person, but I'm trying not to be that. Um yeah. <laughs> but I would say, like, if you want, like, just some structure in your day, like, um, mm-hmm. before, I mean, usually now I do things like hour by the hour. Like, whenever I have something to do, I put it in my calendar. So I know that it's there, which will probably be helpful for you as well. Like, if you just have, like, a calendar reminder, whatever mm-hmm. you have to do, just put it in your calendar so you can get a phone notification as a reminder. But also, um, I would say have a to-do list so you can list down your priorities on what you need to get done. And if you're a stickler like me, I have a huge like physical calendar with like everything else. So it's like I have my phone, I have my to-do list for my priorities that I need to like get done ASAP. But then I also have my mm-hmm. huge calendar where I can see my days um, for the month. And I feel like, you know, that that kind of like settles a lot of anxiety that I had, because sometimes when we mm-hmm. don't have that kind of like organization, now we're like, oh, my God, we got so much to do. What do I do first? Like, you know? Um, yeah, it's it might yeah. be hard to know what, where to start. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I definitely do use my phone's calendar because that's really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. But to do list, I don't trust myself with those because I'll like put all these different things down and then I won't ever look back at, at yeah, them. See? So, mm-hmm. see, yeah. Yeah. You got to like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I usually do it the night before and I just put mm-hmm. three things because I used to think I could put like 10 different things and I just yeah, like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like I am not yes. doing that at all but definitely that put like so yeah like <laughs> put your top put three, three things. things 
at least three okay. things you know you can get it done but if we put everything on the to-do list we know we're not doing it like <laughs> yeah I know that's the problem I put too many things down yeah okay so I'm gonna try the, the three list one then. yeah so just for the interest of time I'm sad now because we don't yeah. <laughs> we're almost out of time um and also to be respectful of your time as well um my last question to you is what is a piece of advice you would give to Gadi for now women listening right now who probably have had or hadn't had a similar experience as you um I guess my biggest advice would be to maybe if you want to start like making connections maybe go back to your contact list and look at the people that you haven't spoken to in a while who you know like like basically go back and see who you can speak to because sometimes we're thinking oh I don't have anyone I'm lonely but you actually do but you just haven't spoken to them in a while so just reach out to those people and in terms of like mental health um, don't be afraid to start therapy. Uh, it, it might not, you might not like it the first few weeks. I didn't like it at first, but eventually you will realize that this is what you need. Um, and like Allison said, travel, explore, you know, do not just stay in your neighborhood. <laughs> like go out, go to nicer parts um, of Manhattan or New York City, or if you live in a different city or state, explore the nicer areas in your town or city and go go across the country or something so yeah don't be afraid to explore yeah yeah for sure wow I'm definitely gonna take that advice too (laughs) (laughs) yeah so thank you so much Jasmine yeah thanks for having me Allison I really appreciate being here I'm honored yes no problem and we'll definitely talk soon yeah 